70,000 hackers flocked to Commander X's flag. So I may, be, I, may be the, <laughs> I may be the most long-winded, bombastic, ridiculous fucking persona you have ever known in your life. But serious hackers with the skills would flock to my banner by the thousands. Yeah. And, 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 and so that gift of bullshit um, really came in handy because that's where the power of Commander X lies. It's not in any single one thing that I did or any, certainly none of my technical skills. It was in the ability to um, reach into the hearts and minds of the people who had these skill sets yeah. and and form them together into whatever size army I needed. If I needed 70,000, that's what the call went out for. And of course, that's when it gets scary because then your, your top-down command and control become real shaky. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. What you're listening to right now is part two with the leader of Anonymous, Commander X, and his pal, author Ian Thornton. This is an amazing episode. Like the first one, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you listened to the first one as well. And if you haven't listened to the first one, that is a must listen. Probably one of our best episodes, so definitely check it out. Watch, listen, whatever you do, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all that shenanigans, SoundCloud, we're everywhere. But yeah, we're just going to pick up where we left off. So much intensity, so much passion into these episodes. And here is the face of Anonymous, Commander X, coming at you right now. Um, I will perfect, I, I, you can take maybe one thing, one, and I don't have an example at the top of my head, but one one particular kind of hack and yeah i'm a god at it yeah okay yeah. and then you take the very next skill next door to that it, 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 and, and i don't know anything about it okay and because i because i only needed to do that one thing i became perfect i became incredible at that one thing because it's what i needed to do to mess with a dictator to mess with the, the vatican to mess with whoever i was messing with at yeah. the time uh, to me it's hacktivism and that's what that's what creates a hacktivist that's where that word comes from it is the mash it is it is using the tools of hacking the ideas behind hacking but to affect political change and that's what i am truly uh, my heart is the heart of a hacktivist because i'll do anything that will level the playing field and i've been very honest about my my youthful affiliations with animal liberation front earth liberation front dude if burning down your empty horse stable will keep you from fucking slaughtering horses for another fucking few weeks yeah i was in yeah yeah no fucking problem with that now i got a better way though you see, I, I, I do appreciate the value and the, the historicity of Anonymous because now I got a little bit less messy of a way because I really feel that shutting your computer down to shut you down, which would have had the same effect because they need yeah. computers now to do everything, is far more effective than, than the old school Molotov cocktail. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? the power and, and of I, connection, yeah. I am willing to admit that and less messy and less cleanup, you know, afterwards, but, but, but is either, do I have a moral distinction between either of those tools? Absolutely fucking not. It's yeah. whatever, it, it's whatever works at the time. And I will even take that so far. Many people have tried to claim that commander X is a pacifist. I am a peaceful man. I'm like Malcolm X. Okay. Yeah. I'm a peaceful man, but you lay hands on me and I'm going to put you in the grave, dude. Mm. Without a fucking hesitation. And that's a quote from Malcolm X, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, and, 
and you can go too far. A government can go too far. I can easily envision a scenario where I pick up a gun and start fighting that way. Okay. Because oh, that yeah. becomes, but that becomes the last practical route. I am not a pacifist. <laughs> I am about revolution and what works. And yes, I love information warfare because it's incredibly effective. Okay. Yeah. And it has a side benefit. I'm still a moral man, still a peaceful man. <laughs> I appreciate that there's less bodies in the ground after a war like that than there will be with a kinetic war. But I don't think that there's anything special about any of them. This is about what works. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, I thought well, like one thing throughout like kind of like reading up and watching the movie about like your whole legacy or i almost called it like the career of of hacktivism and everything but um you have a certain way and brilliance of getting a mass amount of people's attention through pageantry or just be was being comedic on your twitter and just but it's all like honing in on an important cause and i have like, also single-handedly organized and been considered the general of the the largest armies of hacktivists ever assembled in history and i don't even know which of them to pick to say this was the biggest one because they got so big we don't even know how many people were in but we estimate that the army that i single-handedly formed to attack israel during the first invasion of the gaza strip all the way back, what was it, Operation Thunderdome or whatever, back uh, six or seven years ago, okay, 70,000, and that's from, that's from fucking the, the press, that's from the media, yeah. not from me, 70,000 hackers flocked to Commander X's flag, so I may, be, I, may be the, the most, I may be the most long-winded, bombastic, ridiculous fucking persona you have ever known in your life, but serious hackers with the skills would flock to my banner by the thousands yeah and 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 so that gift of bullshit um really came in handy because that's where the power of commander x lies it's not in any single one thing that i did or any certainly none of my technical skills it was in the ability to um reach into the hearts and minds of the people who had these skill sets who could be effective yeah, and and form them together into whatever size army I needed. If I needed seventy thousand, that's what the call went out for. And of course, that's when it gets scary because then your your top down command and control become real shaky. You know, at that point, you really let the genie out of the bottle, and whether or not you can control something like that really becomes a huge issue, a huge question. But I can yeah. raise a few hundred, even to now today, dude. I could go on Twitter literally in the middle of the show if it was live. And I could I could hack your website. I could I could have them just by asking. I just hey everybody, will you go hack Sean Cerny's website? I was I was actually going to ask we'll this question. Then we'll, <laughs> then, then we'll fix it afterwards. Then we'll yeah, fix yeah. it afterwards. No, but you know, I, I mean, I'd be honored by you. <laughs> just be like, <laughs> but no. um, but yeah, I, that's it's it's crazy. But it's like yeah, you you have the power, and I'm glad you use your power for 
good in. I made mistakes. And, look, 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 look. Oh, it happens. Not, yeah, yeah. Do not Mother Teresa my fucking ass. Yeah. Okay, because I let my rage get the better of me more than once, and I put innocent people in harm's way. I've been very honest about that in my books too. You don't fight a war without making mistakes, and those mistakes sometimes get people hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the nature of warfare. Okay, that's that's a that, that's I think part of being a leader of uh, within a movement like this, especially within a leaderless movement, a horizontal movement, part of it is is learning to realize that you're going to have to live with some shit. This is the baggage. I'm. I'm. This is just. This is my sacrifice. This is what I got to give up. Yeah. Some people are on the front lines. Some people are boots on the ground. Some people are doing the hacking. What the fuck is Commander X doing? Living with his decisions, guys. Okay. Living with my choices and living with the not just the lives that we saved, which is great. You know, tip back, tip one back, but then you know the lives that 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 were lost and 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 were hurt and and in some cases destroyed and and. Um, not not for a good reason not you know they were collateral damage you know what i mean there was there's there's a lot of collateral damage in war and 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 if you're if you're honest about it you're making that decision up front that's the thing that's the the key thing is is not to if you're lying to yourself and you're trying to say oh i didn't really mean for that to happen no no i'll tell you for a fact everybody that got hurt from any hack i ever did i meant for him to get hurt Mm, okay. good or bad or innocent even yeah and yeah. that's a that's a that that is where the controversy i think in the movie about me and whatever and that's a choice you just have to make when you decide that war is necessary and i keep using that word because i'm very absolutely cognizant of how serious that word is they made it a war they declared war on us okay they came for us okay we didn't start it but you cannot ask a group of people who are attacked maliciously by the largest empire on earth to simply lay down, oh, okay, we're sorry. We, we didn't mean to bother you. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's not going to happen. They're going to fight. We, we fight back. We fight to defend our. We are literally at one point in Anonymous. It became so intense. The pogrom became so intense that we were literally fighting to defend our own persons and families and friends. It, it's literally like siege mentality. Yeah. You, you, your circle grows that small you know yeah. what I mean? and you're you're literally just fighting to stay alive and they started this they can they can stop it too they can stop it anytime and you know what here's an interesting offer that i'll make to the u.s government okay you pardon me for my horrible heinous crime of defending homeless people in santa cruz by hacking okay you pardon me and you let me come home okay and then you change these laws and you fix this shit and I'll help you do that. And then I'll go to the hacktivists and maybe we can put this all back to just protest again. Maybe yeah. we can stop it being a war where we're just out to burn everything and get back to what we started as, which is one one cause at a time. This is bad. Stop doing it. Thank you. This is bad. Stop doing it. Thank you. And we'll go back to that. You know what I mean? We can, I I would easily participate in a program like that to go before my fellow hacktivists and say, look guys, let's, let's bring it all down a little bit. Now we've gotten all the laws changed. All of the hacktivists have been released from prison. We're all good now. It's, we can go back to being protesters again. 
and yeah. just uh, you know and and that's it and, and i would be glad to take it there that will never happen you and i both know that because a bully a bully a bully and that's what the united states government is the world's most historically big bully in history okay a bully never gives up so True. what do you do with a bully well i'm sorry but i came from the schoolyards and I was a skinny little geek and I'll tell you what you do with a bully fight back you, you get you get 20 <laughs> other fucking nerds with sticks and you beat <laughs> the living shit out of him until he's just black and blue and I, I tell you what it literally works every fucking time okay yeah literally every fucking time so you know that's where we're at now I, th- I think part of it is sad I think it was unnecessary especially I'm with Glenn Greenwater on this. I, I love the answer that Glenn, and he's a friend of mine, by the way. Uh, uh, we got to meet in Canada personally and sit and spend a few hours together while I was on the run. It was quite exciting and interesting. But uh, uh, Glenn Greenwater said it best, really. Uh, you know, they, they asked him very recently in an interview, why don't you attack China? Why don't you attack North Korea? You know, those are those are horrible, brutish dictatorships. Why? Why do you spend all your wrath on the bastion of liberty, the United States of America? And he's like, dude, what good would it do? Mm. What good would writing a thousand articles about the brutality of the Chinese regime? It isn't going to literally save a single human being. It's not going to change a single thing. Yeah. Okay. It takes. I can have an effect on the West. I can have an effect on the United States of America and the course of things, and that's why I criticize, you know, the West and Europe, and the United States, and and I think that's a brilliant question, and 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 that I would just cop to the same answer. You know, yeah. we do the we do these things, especially to the United States, because the United States should be the last place where we should have a political dissonance. I am the first U.S. citizen. Where's my Hold on, I got to show off my green card. I love to show. I don't get to use this thing because they never, yeah. they never card me, and they don't really have a lot of police down here. But but there's my green card, guys. Okay, and I am the first. You, I am the first U.S. citizen in history to be to successfully claim political asylum in the nation of Mexico. I I I I. I personally kind of scratch my head and wonder why more journalists aren't writing about that yeah i think think it's because most of the journalists in the united states of america have their heads stuck straight up the butt of the establishment and the government and they don't uh, they don't want to talk in the united states of america about commander x down here having political asylum in mexico they don't want to talk about how these people treated me like a king okay guys when i walked through the door i didn't have to sweep in a tent in dirt to get my asylum okay i and and guess what i the only thing they did for me that was extra was i didn't have to stand in the line of americans that were there to get this okay because of security yeah actually they were afraid to have me around other americans i how about that that my security down here which is fairly elaborate at this point to protect me is geared towards keeping me away from Americans down here, dude. They are the biggest danger to me. Yeah. I literally have to cry. I am terrified in Mexico City, which has shit tons of Americans, by the way, because any one of those dudes can be the CIA, the FBI, the the DEA. They got all kind of fucking cats running around here with badges that aren't supposed to be, you know, they're not supposed to be down here doing that shit. They've been doing that to Mexico for forever. So my entire security is literally designed to keep me away from partitioned from and out of sight of Americans. 
yeah. in this country. And, and they are the ones who make me the most nervous. I can walk down my hometown street in the middle of the night and them teenagers drinking in the corners and everything. Not one of them will ever touch me. Okay. I'm part of the community. They all know me. I hire some of them during yeah. the day, you know, yeah, they, you got to keep gonna, your circle gonna, tight they, with the, they're going to, they're yeah. going to need me. You know, I'm yeah. not afraid of Mexicans. There's no crime. There's no crime that threatens me here. Okay. So, so, you know, you guys, you really got to get your heads out of your ass and people still need to start asking why are Americans fleeing? Why are people fleeing in general? You have Susie Dawson who was an occupier and a member of anonymous who fled New Zealand from FBI persecution. Now, how does that even happen? How does the FBI get to go over to New Zealand and harass this mother, this single mother, part of Occupy, chase her out of her country, across Europe and into Russia? And she now has, she, she doesn't, unfortunately only has refugee status in Russia. And yeah. people don't even know this woman's name, but you can go on the internet. I promise you, this is the most incredible story in just as incredible as my own. And she's in Russia and she's a white Anglo English speaking single mother who did nothing more than become a spokesman and media person for Occupy Auckland in New Zealand and the FBI who were given free reign to operate during the Occupy movement in New Zealand persecuted her, ran her out of her country. This is going to become a tidal wave, guys. Yeah. You, are, you are running the best and brightest people out of America on a rail like this was Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, you know, and, 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 and I am just a drop in the bucket. And one of the reasons I've been so vocal to tell my story, people ask, why do you want this out? Because I want people to realize you can run too. When they come for you, if you can get away for the love of fucking God, do it. Yeah. And in the movie, it. it shows you, are, you again. You yeah. are running from a repressive regime. You are a dissident. Run, run and come down here. We'll find a place for you. I promise. I swear to God, if you end up in Mexico, I will seek you out and help you. OK, yeah. all you got to do is get on the other side of that border and I, and I can do anything down here. I can do anything on the, within inches. I'll go right up to the fucking wall. I've done it before <laughs> and, tease, and tease the fucking cops. I mean, I'll go get you, but you got to get in. You got I can't go back. So you get in here and I'll help you. I want people to know you don't have to stand for this. America has gone so far off the rails now that it is literally an insanity ridden psychopathic shit show. And Trump was just a symptom. Don't even try to blame Donald Trump. Donald Trump is what you deserved. Donald Trump is the president you guys all earned from fucking 100 years of apathy, from 100 years of not being an anarchist, not being mm -hmm. a member of Anonymous, not burning shit to the ground. You ended up with Donald Trump because, because all of America, even the good people, I'm sorry, but I have spent my entire life since I was 14 years old fighting the man. And so is Julian Assange. And so have a lot of other people. We realized right away it took the intelligence of a 14-year-old to realize that if I didn't fight for my life, the world was fucked. Completely yeah. fucked. You know? So America earned Donald Trump. Now the question is, how do you fix that? How do you come back from that? How do you become some kind of a place that you can be proud of with a government you can be proud of? That's with a society such an important of? question. I don't think enough people are asking it. And even like it's, it's and so, I'm asking yeah. it to the left and the yeah. right. I don't have a fucking side guys. People hate it. 
because I fucking, I got right wingers that follow me. They're rabbit fans. I've got so many Trumpers that love me because I tell people the truth about it. Trump ain't it. Trump ain't the problem. Okay. Yeah. Trump ain't the issue here. It don't matter who they put in the big seat. They now have a man in, you now have a president who had a dollar sized chunk of his brain cut out. And I'm sorry to say it so brutally, and it shows, guys. I'm sorry, but I think one of the requirements of being the leader of the free world is all of your brain should still be inside your skull. Oh, yeah. I just think that's like a basic physical requirement. Yeah. Like a basic physical requirement. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I don't even care if you can read. You know what I mean? But all of the all of the noodles should still be inside the cup and they're not. OK, and I'm not trying to make fun of this man's illness, even though he's one of the most despicable creatures to ever walk the face of the earth. I'm really honestly not. But what I'm trying to point out is that this man is not fit. You want to talk about Trump being unfit because he was a rageaholic and he was a fucking Twitter nutcase. Well, he had more fucking noodles in his head than Biden literally physically does. And you can see it. I'm sorry it shows. He just wanders off on these fucking where you're like, what? What is he even trying to say? Like, you know, you just scratch your head like it's just he is literally, um, you know, he is uh, diminished. I, yeah. I guess that would just be the fair way to say he is mentally and intellectually diminished in a physical way. This is a physical problem that's not something like where he's crazy or anything like that, like Trump was. Um, well, maybe no, no, he is, maybe he, he isn't, but he, he's, 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 he's cogent. He's cogent yeah. and he has some kind of moral compass. He's trying what to- What does cogent mean? You can wipe his ass still? I mean, what the fuck is cogent? He can string a sentence I together more him... than Trump ever could. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know about that. And, and, I and, he, and he shows where... he has a moral compass. He wants to re redistribute some wealth to the poor. That's a pretty good start. Well, the bottom line is I supported Trump and people uh, noticed that on Twitter. It's one of my legacies. It's one of the reasons why so many lefties um, find cause to attack me. Um, but no, I you support don't have to be a lefty I, to despise Trump. A whole I, slew of Republicans despise no, I, Trump. I, I supported Trump. I supported getting Trump in. I didn't support Trump. I supported Trump being president. And there's a difference. I don't support anything he stands for. What I support is the chaos that he brought on. I'm sorry, but I'm an anarchist. And, and as, a, as a strategist and an anarchist, I, I have seen with my own eyes that the most amount of systemic change comes from chaos. Yeah, it's and that's, like just a, a, that's just a, a simple fucking fact. Destroy right? to rebuild type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to show the world how ridiculous it all is. And one thing that Trump was beautiful, he was perfect at. He was literally, he, if you took every president in, I, I, I really believe this, every president in history with the, I will, I will, I will leave one president out only. And that's JFK. God bless him. He gets to be out of this little uh, story analogy I'm going to make. But if you took every other president and literally distilled it into a juice of president and made a golem the ultimate president, it would have been Trump. I'm sorry, but that's it. It is literally the, uh, what's the word I want to use when they draw a funny cartoon of you? Uh, what's that a word? A caricature or whatever. It's literally it a caricature. It's literally yeah. the ultimate caricature of not just the president of the United States, but of the entire thing, the entire fucking thing. 
okay the entire society of america of america the entire thing he was literally a, he was literally a caricature of it all he was the ultimate he didn't smoke cigars but the ultimate cigar chomping billionaire mogul he was the ultimate swaggering white fucking racist he was yeah, I mean, he you, was you, all you of it and, and he was jimmy carter into that jimmy carter's 97 and still building houses for poor people right but what i'm saying is it, it was important for the world and also for the for the for the people in America who still have good heart, who still want to try to make something good, it was important for everybody, for history, for everybody in the world to see what America really is. <laughs> Trump's only sin was that he was better at hiding it. You know, there are no more. I, I, I guess what I can take a bus. I can take a lot of time. I could take a bus right now to the immigrant camps up, uh, immigrant camps up in Tijuana. I'll be there in about five hours and I'll bring a camera with me. And you tell me how one fucking thing has changed. Why did the fucking gates not fly open to those camps and those people pour into America when this asshole was elected president? Nothing, nothing. You know how many people he let in? 16,000. There are 150,000 people in camps along your border. And you people just sit around and ignore it like, oh, what the fuck? No big deal. They're dying out there. Have you even said, has America, has Biden even sent them food? No. You know who's there? The UN. That's it. The UN and the Mexican government doing the best they can, really doing the best they can. Those people are struggling so hard to keep order down there and, yeah, and yeah, take but care you, of those you, people. You can't, you can't tell me that everything's just the same. That you've now got a president who believes in a vaccine. It's has worse. Who's distributed a vaccine, has a hundred million people fully vaccinated, and he's trying to give money to the poor. That's very different. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I I, I, I'm, I have a hard time seeing 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 the difference where, where it really counts. I really yeah, good points though. I, I, I guarantee points. I guarantee you Guantanamo's not gonna close. I guarantee you they've got prisoners now that have been in there for 25 years with no charge and they're they're patently and provably innocent people. Um it's on and on. The list of, of things I, I'm, that, I'm that could saying, be corrected. I'm not saying there's a perfect and, presidency, I'm just saying there's a massive difference and it's heading in the right well, direction. Well, well, first of all, let me just qualify my my argument about the whole Trump thing. I didn't think I didn't think that it had to last forever to, to accomplish what I needed from Trump. What I needed from Trump, I got. America. People saw what America. What I firmly believe America really is. It's just that everything normally goes on. This all this shit goes on behind closed doors, and then all you get is nice yeah. smiley faces who's who never tweet. You know, only their assistant tweets for them, and they never do email like Biden. Absolutely. And, and, and you, know, you know, they come out with all of the they, they they it reminds me of this propaganda video i put out uh, one time with this black guy railing on and he's like they dress so beautifully they're like mannequins in a department store okay so for once with trump you you didn't get a mannequin for once you got the real fucking beef man and 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 that's how america really is and any other thing is a, is a coat of paint covering it up okay now what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to play it around biden that america's not really this way we're better than this no you're not well nothing's yeah, I mean, changed and, and, well yeah you, you only have to look at the news to see that the shootings continue that it doesn't change overnight yeah it's gonna it's a it's a lot of work you're not going to be able to air this yeah. you're going to definitely have to cut yeah. this 
And yeah, we're going to make a little cut there. Um, he said something really spicy. Uh, if you want to hear what he said, you can listen to the uncut version on our Patreon page. Patreon slash The Creative Imbalance. Um, that's always something special for all my supporters. No matter what, you get the raw uncut versions of all these Zoom calls. This one was a little crazy. I don't know if he wants this out to the general public. And yeah, this show would probably get on the FBI watch list as well. But um, you know what? I, I don't give a fuck. This is uncensored. This is real talks. But uh, yeah, you, you know where to find it if, you wanna, if you're interested in listening to that and some other bonus material. But anyways, we're going to get back into this one right now. But, uh, I promise to bring the government down if I'm still alive. Uh, my dying breath will be to try to bring the U.S. government down. It yeah. should have fallen a long time ago. This is a regime that never should have existed in, the, in this world. The, the, the 50 states and the, and, and the 100 or so tribes, are their sovereignty is literally, uh, it's like liberation at this point. It's like the third right, dude. I mean, the federal government has literally become this parasitical political layer that serves absolutely no purpose. And I could prove it. If you think that that the end of the federal government would be some sort of devastating fucking thing in the United States, then tell me this. How come every time it shuts down, nothing happens? Garbage still gets collected. Roads still get paid. People still go to the hospital. You still mm-hmm. breathe. You still work. The money doesn't crash. How come every time the U.S. government, you know what? I wonder why turn it back on. It's very expensive. Every time the government shuts down and they do one of those big dramatic shutdowns. Well, um, <clears throat> you know, why turn it back on? You know, yeah, and, yeah. and so I really believe that the union uh, was a false thing from the beginning. I believe it was very racist from the beginning. It was its only purpose was to rob the states and the tribes of their legitimate, recognized, internationally recognized sovereignty. And I think it should all return back to that. I think I think we just get rid of that. And then then if you have these Midwestern states and I traveled through them as part of my story, you know, tell you I had to wear a mega hat to get back in to get to Mexico because I had to pretend because I went down the middle of the country and it was I literally pretended like I was a mega to get through and not have the cops hassle me. And it was after it, one it, of the hurricanes wasn't it yeah. if, if those if those states want to band together and form their own little pathetic uh union of like ridiculousness where you know abortion is illegal blacks are banned and you can shoot anybody you want and your 11 year old has a gun then fine do that you band together and you get those states or a country because there's a cohesive culture there that's what a nation is a nation is a cohesive culture it's a unified idea and a culture whether it's based on uh ethnicity or based on just common ideals there are no common ideas between somebody who lives in San Francisco and somebody who lives in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, but none, zero. The only yeah. thing that's the same is the, is the flag on the post office. So it's time mm, to, yeah. to, 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 to do that, to, to get rid of that overarching. And we see the movement is growing in California. We see a huge Cal exit movement. They actually have the petitions, uh, the, the signatures now to put it to the ballot, to request that the California legislature begin secession proceedings to secede from the union. Um, and, and, you know, how, how shit on is California that a guy that in Silicon Valley who maybe invents like, you know, one of the coolest fucking computer programs ever, maybe let's be real about let's be deep about this and say it's for medical even. OK, and his vote is 75 percent of a vote of a person in Oklahoma. You know, how hard is it for America to understand one person 
one vote. The Electoral College makes it not so. It means that a guy in California gets 0.75 of a vote, while a guy in Oklahoma gets 0.14 of a vote. Do the math. That's how it, that's what it's, that's what it does. Bill okay? Maher has a great line when he says that there are more people in California called Dakota than there are people in Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bill Maher, by the way. Anyway, I'll yeah. drop it. I'll let you go yeah, on. Yeah. I know you got questions you want to ask. Oh, uh, yeah. Questions. Even like, um, I, I know, uh, like, I'm good to talk to you guys forever, but uh, I, I want to be respectful for your time as well, too. I, well, no, I, I, I don't care about my time, uh, but get, well, yeah, get Ian, your, Ian, how get are your you questions. <laughs> get, are you, get your questions. Yeah, yeah. Ian's fine. Get your yeah. questions in, though. Make yeah. sure you get anything you want to ask. Yeah, but uh, no, this <coughs> this has been actually solid. And uh, I, I actually want to say like uh, X to you. Um, it's like I'm moved by your passion, you know, like it's just it's even though I do different things in my life too, I'm inspired by that, that fire you have to do what you feel like you need to do with your time on this earth. And I, I just want to commend you for that. And also like, uh, I just kind of want to bring it Thank over to, to, to Ian as well. Uh, um, cause, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of want to hear a little bit more from him as well in a way, like, uh, like you, you ended up meeting X when he was like in the thick of the shit, like, on the run yeah. and yeah. um did you ever have like second thoughts of like even being associated with him or like uh like when you first met him well like, for the first six yeah. weeks of, of of knowing him we we bonded over literature because he was reading a a thick sci-fi novel on the street with his cowboy hat out asking for change uh so i put pop two dollars into a cowboy hat uh because it, it i i just had my first pub, no, novel published he was reading a thick tome. It seemed far more uh, akin to my state of mind than, than a cardboard sign asking for a couple of bucks for, for, for weed. Uh, so I dropped a couple of dollars in there and, and we got chatting. There was a very interesting face that looked up at me. Uh, and that was a, it was very engaging. It seemed like there was a story there. And, and one of my fortunate situations at the time was that I was not running for a bus. So I was running to get to an office. I was pushing two children down down the street so that time allowance compared to uh, uh um the the time pressure of, of of running to work or or being too busy to to consider this allied to the nosiness of of, an, of a novelist uh meant that we we got to chat until my kids had enough and wanted to go to the playground but at least we we had a platform of friendship and uh, then i went back a few days later and we chatted again and we spoke over a six-week period and I just thought he was a, a guy in the street and we bonded over literature, as, as, I, as I say. Uh, and it was only uh, after the Brexit vote, it was the day after the Brexit vote when he was very energised about the result uh, and very enthusiastic and, and, and was hopping around and wanted to tell me something. And, and he said it was great news for Julian. And well, who's Julian? Julian Assange. Why? What's that got to do with you? Well, first of all, why? Because if the UK leaves the European Union, then because it's an EU warrant, then they'd have to tear up the warrant. Well, how could this possibly benefit you? He said, well, I speak to him on a, or communicate with him on a, on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you something now that, uh, that may, you may not believe, but I can corroborate it. And he told me who he was, who he is, and that, uh, that this could be verified by a 24-page article in The New Yorker from September 2014 by David Kushner called The Mass Avengers. 
uh, and that I should go home and read it. And I did. Uh, and uh, I thought, well, this sounds like it could be him, but there were no pictures. There were, there were physical descriptions. Uh, but there was also a name in there, and it wasn't the name that he was using on the street in, in Toronto, which was Gordon Powell. There was a name which was Christopher Mark Dion, uh, which I cross-referenced and, and Googled, and up popped his mugshot from when he was arrested uh, in Indiana at a Grateful Dead gig and served seven and a half years for it, over a 12-year stretch. Uh, and uh, then I realised that the guy in, in, the, in the park, sleeping in the park and asking for money on the steps of the Ukrainian church, was the guy in the New Yorker article. Uh, and uh, uh, prior to that, I thought we may have a, a Fisher King type character on our hands, uh, uh, which was equally as in intriguing to me, you know, whether this was true or not. Uh, you know, both are equally valid. Uh, only uh, only one you could make a documentary about. Uh, <laughs> but that was certainly not my intent. I, I went back home and there was a, a there, is, there was a chap living in my building at the time who had a background in the in the film business. I have a, a background in the international television business, but he had a background in the film biz on more of the creative side of knowing what makes a good story. Uh, but he was also interested in, in the spy world. So when I told him what happened to me in this chap that I'd met, he walked past to go check him out and came back. And I just, I wanted a, a sounding board. I wanted to know how bloody weird this was. I was, I was finding it hard to gauge. Uh, is this is this as 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 worthy and and as 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 bizarre as 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 I believe it to be? And he said, "Yeah, yeah, it certainly is." Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, very shortly after that, I introduced this chap to uh, uh, to fella, and we made a, a lovely little triumvirate for for the best part of, of a year. And we 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 filmed and we we spoke to Vice about making a documentary and. I had a director fly over from from the UK who who um, seemed like he he, he was the, the perfect choice, but that fell through. Any actually, deal with I, I just want I just want to point out that director that came from England yeah. that time. Uh, he arrived in time. We held a party for the release of my first book. Uh, Ian was kind enough to rent me an Airbnb, and we went. Well, we and we all gathered. It was the night of the Icelandic election, right, right? And we filmed all of that. But uh, he actually, I, that night, I signed one of my books for Julian, and he then brought that under my instruction to the embassy. He delivered my book to Julian for me, gave it to Julian, went to the embassy and gave it to him. And I just want to point out that at this point, that book is now in the possession of the FBI because the FBI <laughs> are in possession of all the garbage bags of stuff that they took out of Julian's apartment in the embassy. So uh, that book kind of made it home. <laughs> you know, it kind of kind of went full circle. I just hope Julian got a chance maybe to read it before. Uh, I know he's very excited about it. Um, he talked a lot about it in private. So, but uh, hopefully he, he got a chance to actually thumb through it. But, oh, wow. Um, so, um, so it, it, it was from the, the, the May of 2016 through to, the, the September of 2017, when when fellow left Toronto, so it was it was a period just over a year. Uh, I've I've written a manuscript that I'm speaking to my publisher about, which is called My Year of Living Anonymously. Uh, um, so that's in the pipeline. Uh, he and I are talking about uh, the possibility of a of a scripted drama, uh, uh, because as as much as I love the documentary, it, you, there's only so much you can do in 
90 minutes. And there, is, there are so many of his greatest hits that are not mentioned. There's a BLM stuff, there's Israel, there's the Vatican, there's Turkey, there's Steubenville. There's yeah, this could be a whole election. Netflix series. Like each well, one yeah, of those I, is like I, I an episode. As, as, um, sort of like the, a, a, an X-File, a Commander X-Files, ah, if you will, cool. whereby uh, X's search for, for, for a bona fide uh, status in, in a country that will have him is Fox Mulder looking for his sister. And within that, you can have hour long episodes of, uh, of the weird Grateful Dead acid stuff uh, and, and the, the heavy political stuff. So it runs that gamut in the same way that the, the X Files used to run that gamut. Yeah. But it's, re- I, I, I liken it to. You know, uh, that was brought up in the movie. So I think X-Files it's legitimate that I speak a, to a it. A real too. life Mr. Robot meets Jacob's Ladder. Hold on. Hold on. I think it's legitimate that I speak to this because it was brought up in the movie. Um, it's important to realize that that was part of the continuum. Uh, I was an activist since I was literally ran away from home because my parents were abusive and that's protest. I mean, uh, and, and so uh, the, the whole idea of LSD at the time for us was it was a weapon against the establishment i mean it was we saw it we saw it with our own eyes it was impossible to remain a conservative dickhead after you ate acid only one or two things happened you either you either became cool or you or you went crazy and you died and i and believe it or not we were okay with that i mean in our youthful ignorance we were okay with that dichotomy but that's that's what acid was to us and it was uh they even wrote a book somewhere i have no idea who but this lady wrote a book and she interviewed me literally for weeks for it's the longest interview i ever gave it was weeks um to uh she was trying to dig out the connection between mit hackers the grateful dead and the uh the acid head the alizui acid heads and she was pretty sure she found it and what was really interesting is for some reason that i will never quite fathom because it didn't seem the way it seemed to me at the time the interview was interesting because a lot of my perspectives were not the way she saw things as a as a researcher but i just didn't get it i was like how do i become somebody important in that nexus but the fact that she saw it, I, 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 I just want to bring that up, that those days were not about, you know, uh, well, some pe- for some people it was about thrashing around and, and seeing how much fun you could possibly have in America. As Jerry Garcia himself said it, fun with a capital F, fun as fun can possibly be. I mean, I, I, I'm all about that. I, I'm good. And I indulged. I'm not going to say I didn't have fun. I mean, that would be fucking stupid to say you went to 400 dead shows and say you didn't have fun. <laughs> yeah, of course it's a party. I had yeah. fun. <laughs> good but, music. <laughs> like, but, but the money the money that we raised which was considerable in our nefarious uh endeavors was used uh, almost exclusively i can say and not out of any kind of uh, not out of any kind of ethic or morality it's just what we did we took that money and we went and did elf fucking ops and did alf ops and then later on we did hacking i mean that's that's what we used the money for and the acid was just the beautiful icing on the cake because we were very convinced uh and and i am still somewhat scientifically uh convinced uh that um that that lsd was having uh the effect on people that we thought it was it was liberating the world i firmly believe that that america's only saving grace literally it's only saving grace is 30 u.s dead tours 
literally 30 U.S. dead tours and billions of hits of LSD that we distributed during those tours. And, and that is literally those people are now Joe Biden. Those people are now, you know, those those people grew up and became the government and became the cops and became you know, regular people uh, and or became uh, cyber revolutionaries even. Right. Right. Yeah, Who yeah. knows what anybody in that milieu was going to become. But they all went on to become something. They all took uh, became into their own personal power in life. And they took those ideals of psychedelia into that into that venue. And I firmly believe it's the only salt. It's the only leavening in all of this. And it's just ridiculously uh, beyond coincidence, how many people you talk to that are cool, that are my age, that are like, oh, of course I was a deadhead back then. You know, yeah. Jay Wiederman, my lawyer, Jay on the movie. I mean, that's the first thing he's like, hey, are, are you a deadhead? Some of the some of the little clip the memes that you've tweeted out, man, what's what's with the skull and roses, man? And uh, and then we, we laugh and we find start comparing what shows we went to and, and everything. Oh, Jay Wiederman. Cool. Jay Wiederman's an yeah, he's an avid deadhead. So yeah. I think that, that that it's important to understand in, in the context of a, the Commander X movie, the, the, the context of the story, that that isn't just some wild, little, interesting, sexy tangent that you can tack on a story about me to draw people in. It was actually part of the deal. It's part of the resistance. And it was incredibly effective to the point where the government just didn't know what to do with Jerry or any of them or us, or they made a movie, Universal Pictures, I'm, I'm in it. Uh, Universal Pictures, it's called Tie-Dyed, America's Most Devoted Rock Bands. And it's by Universal Pictures. They toured with us for two summers, man. And they hired me to be a, a kind of a fixer, like go around and make sure people didn't get weirded out by the cameras and shit. And uh, uh, when the movie was sold, the trailer, it was, you know, it, it completely anti-intuitive marketing. They're like, if you are coming to this show to hear Grateful Dead, this movie, to, to see the Grateful Dead play music, don't bother. There's mm -hmm. not one second of Grateful Dead music in this movie. <laughs> this, this it's movie, about the movement, you know. <laughs> this movie yeah. is about the fans. Yeah. And and that when they did that when that trailer came out, I was like, holy shit! And and so even back then, and I, you could see me. I'm giving interviews to fucking local news about the deadheads and telling the locals, don't panic. We're not going to burn your city down. I promise. You know, yes, we do drugs, but we're going to leave. <laughs> we got yeah. another show to go to. You know, I mean, it, it's like, uh, you know, it was it, it, even back then. I seemed to gravitate to like some sort of leadership or some sort of, you know. Um, mouthpiece position that has been i guess just that's my role in in in, in everything in life i guess is that's the role i play but you could I've, see i just found it that it is it i've known you for a long time it's i find out something new every time <laughs> yeah yeah it's an incredible it's an incredible there's so many layers to them <laughs> no they, listen i didn't know i didn't know how they now, now that's who are like you a, that's your yeah, first yeah. movie now i've been involved in other movies i've been involved in brian's movie brian's in my movie now brian knappenberger but i also was involved in his work we are legion i also helped him with the aaron schwartz movie as well and so i've been involved in a lot of movies but that was my first and i was like really blown away i was like in my 20s and i'm like and, and they they really made uh, for a moment a little bit of a big deal about me but also a big big deal about what we were doing with following this band around and i was really worried back then that they wouldn't get it right that they would really slaughter it and make us look horrible and stupid because it's really tough to make us look good i mean you know you really gotta you really have when you take just a normal person with a suit and a tie and you walk into a grateful dead parking lot it's going to take a lot for you to make 
some sort of sense of the complete yeah, and absolute it's like chaos going to a different uh, planet right, right right you know you really it's going to take you a minute to find out what the meaning is there and what the gist of it is but once you do once you dig into it like universal did you see that it was a tribal culture it was uh, uh, definitely a, a, it, it, it spawned an entire and to this day continuing culture of people who live in their vehicles in the UK and in the United States. You can look that up, but there are these, uh, they call themselves road gypsies or they have various other names for themselves. But that whole thing sprang out of the just the absolute necessity of living on the road. With well, Nomadland just won an Oscar, they, I think. They, they, it's, they, it's in that yeah. vein, isn't it? You know, they get to fly, the rock band that you're chasing gets to fly there in airplanes and you've got a microbus to get there in. You know what I mean? So the whole road thing really just evolved on necessity, but it became a culture unto itself. The rainbow people kind of also spring, uh, the rainbow gatherings and that that culture. I got to even see that as it as it evolved and then sprung loose, almost hatched like an egg out of the, the womb, if you will, of the Grateful Dead. So the Grateful Dead spawned so much that with that little band, that little garage band from San Francisco spawned so much that changed everything. And LSD was one big part of that. And so it, I, I just think it's important. I'm coming back around because it, it's important to understand the Commander X that that is not like an outlier. That is where it begins. That is where I begin to look at things like a drug and how it can be a weapon against the establishment. That's, that's where I start awesome. To, that's where I start to look at things like that's where I start to understand things like iconography and imagery. Because you know, you look at that skull, the, the skull and roses, right? Yeah. And Jerry Garcia, I met him a bunch of times. People don't know he hated that. He hated that. And he told me his famous line. He said it right to my face and he said it so many times before in the press and everything. He goes, someday they're going to sacrifice a kid underneath that symbol and we're going to be done as a band. It's the worst thing ever invented for the Grateful Dead was that fucking skull. And he, that, he hated that shit. But that was, you know, but it moved a movement. How, how you felt when you walked into a parking lot and the local venue had taken the time to put up a literally gigantic hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meters in, in, in square tapestry up against, say, the wall of the stadium of that skull, that steal your face skull, that skull and roses. And you and and and, and you're like, God damn, they knew we were coming and you just felt like you were part of something. You felt like you were part of something that was huge and that was yeah. changing the world. And it was because it, on so many levels, it's not just the acid, although that was huge, but then there's the idea that music can change you and make you think and can change you know politics and can change society there was there was the idea of uh, communal socialism all of us living together on the road and having to learn how to build a society that was come almost as entirely self-sufficient as you could possibly get um because nobody liked us everybody hated us you know what i mean i mean all of that was part of what then com commander x comes out of that yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? The, the, yeah, the ideals yeah. and everything come out of that. It, and I, it's not that I didn't appreciate the Bachnalian aspect. It's not that I didn't appreciate the artistic aspect, which will forever move me on a level of as a writer and, and as an artist. Okay. So I, 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 all of that is there. It's not that I was, you know, just torn with the dead so I could go get money to burn barns down, but, but, but the, 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 the depth of it, the, the deepness of it, is and why I clung to it for so long is my firm belief th that this was something 
potent to change the world. This wasn't just standing in the street with a cardboard sign and getting gas changed the world. This was this was fundamentally systemically within the next few years changed the world. You know, yeah. when Cheerio cereal started giving away friendship bracelets that we invented okay as a prize in their cereal and we saved it for years i don't know if uh, my friend david still has it but we had a, a case of those cheerios uh, honey and oats cheerios is what they were and they gave away deadhead friendship bracelets they even called them friendship bracelets oh okay like, cool because like, even that's a like, that's a common term like, in we, the 90s have, too yeah we have now entered fucking mainstream <laughs> you know <laughs> culture in america you and broke I the think, barrier <laughs> and you know even president uh president uh, clinton and al gore actually attended it was very famous i actually got a glimpse of him from about five miles away when he attended the grateful dead show with his daughters in washington dc al gore did that was a very famous moment um, when he actually walked around a parking lot with, uh, and they, they actually told us not to leave. They're like, we were like, do, you know, God, the secret service is all over. Do you want us to leave? It's like, do you got a gun? And I was like, no, do you got a knife? No, then don't leave. You're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. they, they, the daughters want to see the deadheads. You know what I mean? So we're literally like trapped by the secret service. At one point we were almost semi imprisoned, you know, I mean, on the parking lot with, so that Gore and his daughters could walk around and get a taste of art authentic as like so we should smoke pot right <laughs> and of course the place reeked the pot you know it's extra special for them you know what i mean but yeah, uh, you probably didn't even have to smoke to get high in that building yeah. <laughs> you just walk in so i i just want to contact. say that i know i know that's a very sexy part of the documentary i know for ian especially he finds that part very intriguing and sexy but from my perspective i really see it as one very solid continuum it's really kind of a core that i've clung to and I'm somewhat proud of, I mean, that the, the me kind of survives somehow without, you know, co completely losing yeah. myself or going crazy or whatever. There's a thread there that goes throughout it all. That is again, looking around, trying to, trying to find these tools and not being satisfied. The key thing is not being satisfied with old school activism. I really didn't find the sixties activism all that impressive. I didn't think that, marching around by the millions in the streets with cardboard signs and just allowing yourself to be brutalized and jailed day after day. I don't see that as all that effective. I'm sorry. I have respect for people who do because it's brutal, but I just really don't think it's the most effective way. And that's why when I came upon things like the dead or a ALF or ELF or any of that sort of thing, where I see shock and awe being used, utilized, I see in a passive way, but you know, in, in a very effective way, um, I want to point out that in all the arsons that ELF ever uh, is responsible for or, or been blamed on us, not a single house mouse, not a single field mouse, not a single living thing was ever harmed in any of those buildings. They were scouted for hours. We took such huge risks. It's unbelievable. We would live in them for days. We would move into a place we were going to burn. People don't even know this because it's not even been talked about on the, on the ELF, uh, 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 if a tree falls uh, documentary, they don't even talk about this because they didn't really interview a whole lot of real ELFers, but we would go move into those and squat in them just mm. to make sure, just to make sure we would live in them if we could, if we could break into them and, and camp out in them, that's what we would do to make sure that it was safe. So, yeah, yeah. I, I want to mention too, uh, one thing I love about talking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, one thing I love about uh, talking with you guys today is just um, hearing everything around the movie. Like, uh, I know they sent you two to promote the movie, but this, it's so cool to get all these extra like tidbits without spoiling the story. Oh, for whoa, 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 whoa. If you put your part <laughs> that you just said, if you put the, your part that you just said in your shows and you got to put my rebuttal. That is oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is absolutely a falsehood. I am not here to promote fucking anything not even fucking commander x okay okay this is this is this is not what this is is about number one and i'll get into that a a little bit more in a second i'll unbox that for you but also i want to also just add an addendum that might pop into people's minds when you say that i don't make any money from this that's not how documentaries work i am dirt poor okay and i have a, a committee of activists down here in mexico city who work very hard every day they're called the friends of x to provide literally everything for me literally everything my housing my bills my dog food it doesn't matter what it is medical needs everything uh they have been handed over my personal twitter account of 10 years and they utilize i i'm no longer have any act i don't even use it um they use it to uh, promote uh, the friends of x committee and also Julian Assange, which is, they've got my blessing to promote Julian Assange stuff. And um, they use that. And so I am, uh, I, I, I have nothing whatsoever to gain by talking to you. Okay. But you this are is, getting stuff that no, no other. Yo, this and again, I know that. This is, and I, I want to say is, I appreciate this. Is, this, like, this, is, like this is again, your time this, and is, everything. this is again, just another instance of me trying to use you. You are now the latest tool in the hand of Commander X to try to make a difference in the world. That's I'm, all I'm, this is I'm, ever so, going to be I'm about. I'm honored. I'm honored. That's all this is ever going to be about. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did this movie and it was asked, this sort of lends itself to a question you might have asked and other interviewers in this movie process have asked Ian and me, um, why did I do it? And the simple answer is not even as complicated as yours, Sean. Uh, I did it because Ian asked me to and he's my friend. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I stand by my friends. And so that's actually it, you know, it's totally that that's it. And, you know, so I want people to understand I'm here because I want to be, I'm here Mm -hmm. to promote Jesus Christ, get off your ass and go do something to help the world. That's what I'm here to promote. And I don't care. (laughs) I mean, I don't care. I don't care how you got to wrap that in what kind of candy wrappers. If you, if, 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 if watching me eat acid on the parking lot of a, of a Grateful Dead show on a movie uh, makes you motivated to go out and help, I don't care what it takes. So I really don't even care how ridiculous it has to get. And that's kind of how come Commander X is so ridiculous uh, on a lot of levels is because I really actually don't give a shit how far I got to go to convince you and i'm talking to you the person listening to this show right now whatever i gotta do to convince you to get up and do more to help the world i'm not saying you know i don't know you i'm saying you're not doing anything but you can do more i promise you you can do more and you need to we're in a crisis we're in an emergency um, I would ha- I would tell really young people as a final message, a closing message. I would tell especially really young people, um, don't look to Commander X. I mean, read, read the stories, maybe get some cool tactics and stuff like that. Out there. Look to people like Greta Thorn- Thornburg, who her righteous rage and anger is only missing a good vocabulary of swear words. If I can get to the girl and teach her how to say fuck. 
um, we we will have we will have her. She'll be we'll be the final polish. Okay, so all that little girl needs, and she's perfect. She is fucking perfect. She is fucking perfect, guys. And you need to turn to people like that, and you need to embrace that rage, man. And you need to listen to her because if you you, you can write me off, okay, you can say Commander X is this eight old old man. Okay, that Ian Thornton found on the streets of fucking Toronto. You can write me off, and that's legitimate, man. But that girl is one of the brightest, most intelligent, and 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 that and she's just a kid, what, 16, 17? That that's who you want to you want to follow somebody, man. Follow that girl. Go where she's going, man, because I'm telling you, that's real. That's real. This is an emergency. Box. And she's got her level she's talking about that I, I agree with her is super 100% priority. And that's the environment and the planet. But then there's lots of other levels uh, that I've like what I've worked on, which I, I believe firmly that a, a good environment is worthless without free people. So we need good free people. Um, so I, I, I took on that part of it because that was my expertise. I mean, that was where I was good at. But all of it comes together to a righteous rage because all of this stuff now has reached a boiling point. We got 10 years on the environment. We got 10 years on the politics, guys. The nations and the empires are going to blow to pieces if we don't do something within 10 years. So it's all now, all of these trigger things, these huge trigger things are now all down to the wire. Because we have not done our job as human beings. We have not fixed stuff that we should have fixed for not just our lifetime, but many, many generations. And now we've got now we're down to this point where it is a it's like sirens in the streets should be going off. I love Greta when she says that. I don't understand why the fucking goddamn siren, the, the earthquake siren isn't going off 24-7. The world is ending, people. This is not hyperbole this is not fantasy so if you if you can't believe an eight old old man like me and my story and that doesn't inspire you please for the love of god young people look to somebody like that you you can't deny her unless you're going to sit down at her level and do it and 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 she's saying the same thing i'm saying what i what, what i find beautiful about that is you know in her own way in her own you know, style, she's wrapping it up, but with the equal amount of rage and an equal amount of, I really don't give a fuck what I say. I mean, she is almost the commander X of her, of her, of her, of her generation in a lot of ways. I mean, she is, she is the outlier. She is that incredibly outrageous persona that is really going to put her nose to your face and make you hurt. And even when you thought you were a good person around Greta, you hurt and you should, we all should. We got to keep, we got to keep pushing guys. We can turn it around. But it's going to take that kind of effort, that kind of charisma and that kind of you got to just get up and do something, man. You know, we, we all got to get up off our ass and say we've had enough and we're going to we're going to fix this. We're just going to fix yeah, it. ourselves. It's got to take action. And yeah, I want to I want to give you that final word for this segment. And yeah, just thank you. I, I've, I feel inspired, man. Like, I really appreciate both of your time today. I just wanted to clarify that you know, you. No, no. again, uh, you know, please don't think that I'm here to promote anything. I really honest to God, and I don't want to break Ian's heart because I know he'll be so mad at me after the show, but I really don't give a shit. If you, you broke it long, long ago. <laughs> I really don't. You, you guys really, are lifers. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. If you go to see the movie guys, I really don't. I mean, it, 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 and to be honest with you, if you can pirate that shit, please do it, man. Don't, don't, 
don't go broke or, or, or go without a meal for your family to see some stupid schlep uh, like me um, get his uh, 15 minutes of fame. Okay. I, I, I love the movie. I love Gary. I love everything he's done, but I'm not here to promote anything. If you feel that going to the movie would educate you about me and you feel that I can in any way help you even vicariously to do more uh, to to help us in this next, especially this next ten years, then then that 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 goal is achieved. Then go see the movie. Then yeah. please do. But if you're it, you, you, if you're you know, at all bothered by me, if you're at all bothered by me, if you're at all worried about whether it's worth the money, then just don't go see it. Well, you know there is a vote at the end of the the film festival for the best film in the film festival. Oh, we hacked that no, shit. No, 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 no. Yeah, he can just uh, he can make it. Don't fix this in, man. Come on. This is Commander Hansen talking to you. They got four million oh, votes. Dude, you, you're talking about yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Who, who, who did we get elected? Ian, you got to remind me of the anonymous history. Who did we get elected to Time Man of the Year? Remember that story? Anonymous, like, uh, hacked the polls, hacked the time poll. And we got, uh, who was it? Uh, Somebody completely ridiculous. We oh, I elected to person of the year uh, 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 on time. And of course, they didn't abide by the vote. That, that's when they decided, oh, well, we don't have to abide by the vote. It's just a, it's just a way to gauge public opinion. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so, but, you know, I mean, oh, come on. we can fix that shit. That's no, fucking I, 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 awesome. I don't mean to diss the movie because I think Gary did a, yeah. an absolutely amazing he job. He did, yeah, I, absolutely, I, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, thanks I can, to Gary. Thanks to Ed Baraveld at Storyline Productions. Thanks yeah. to TVO. Yeah, they've yeah, been very they, great. They, they were great. They, they to made me. a bit of a dream they, come true. Uh, uh, and I need to tell you that this, Sean, because at one point I had um, I had Werner Herzog on board to direct, oh, no, which man. happened so ridiculously easily. I called a friend in, in from my TV background who put in a call to Andre Singer, who's Werner's long-term producer, and in the space of a weekend, Werner Herzog on on board. And, and he's calling me on my line. And Werner Herzog calling me. He wants it's, to do this movie. It's, it's meant to be. And it's such a fucking is Nail, cr- crazy story. And too. Yeah. And there's a, there's, a, there's a great line in Widnail. Well, there are many great lines in Widnail and I, but one of, the, one of the great ones is, we've gone on holiday by mistake. Uh, well, this, is, this was very apt in this situation because I'd almost made a Werner Herzog movie by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and, and we only lost Werner when he went off to Moscow to make the Gorbachev uh, uh, biography with Andre. Um, Even if this doesn't end up on the air, I just want to say that I I, I, I didn't want to I didn't mean to diss or diminish uh, Ian's efforts or Gary's efforts or Ed's efforts in this movie. I, I think it's fantastic. They did an incredible job. I I recall when they showed up here in Mexico, and uh, my friend and me uh, had worked together to provide them with hospitality and whatnot. And my I I actually own a small piece of a coffee house. Me, and my friend, uh, I invested in his coffee house down here in Mexico, and he's Mexican. And when they arrived, um, I have to. Say there was probably at least they brought with them, I want to say conservatively a ton, like literally like a measurement, a ton, not like a ton, like you use metaphorically, but a, like like a real two, <laughs> yeah, a, a ton of, of gear. And they piled it all up, and it literally like we had to we had to close the dining room and move all the tables and everything out of the way because there was a huge um stuff i really didn't understand what purpose it was even going to serve um i mean stuff movie stuff like you know and uh 
And my friend looked at me, he's like, Jesus Christ, they really are making a movie about you, dude. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I told you, I'm sorry, dude, but they're here. <laughs> I mean, because it was really hard for him. I mean, he worked hard. Vic worked hard. I want to give a shout out. Vic's in the movie, by the way. And I want to hey, give a shout out to Victor. Um, but Victor really bent over backwards. And uh, I should also to- point out, Sean, that the, 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 the way that the movie got made was was it was it was a byproduct this this guy was my friend a long time before i even knew who he was it happened organically it happened because i had a background in international tv that allowed it to happen uh, more easily than it would have done anyway but for the longest time he was just my friend so there was there was no there was no yeah. master plan just like the stars aligning and it's just something that made sense to do it's it was fucking the, awesome yeah, this, yeah. i think he's mentioned in the film yeah. it's a beautiful random nature of, of the universe and yeah. that to find gold at shin height and there is a man who's sleeping in a park and bringing down dictators uh, on the same day as he's asking for two dollars and uh, and as uh, i he brought down, um, helped to bring down Ben Ali in Tunisia and Mubarak in, in, in Egypt while he's sleeping in the park. Uh, and, and it's minus 35 outside. Fast forward, and, and th- these guys are living in gold palaces. They're murderers. They're taking lives. Yeah. Fast forward three years, Ben Ali is, is in exile and he's, he's, he dies and he's buried in Saudi soil. Uh, and Mubarak dies in a, a, in, uh, in a prison in Cairo. Meanwhile, this chap is now swinging in a hammock in Mexico, sipping a margarita with his two dogs, reading of their death. And if mm. I live to be 250 years old, that will never take a smile off my face. Yeah, that's 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 so fucking beautiful to me. I'm like, oh, thank you. Bless you, X. Bless you, Ian. Um, Thanks, I, man. I appreciate your time so much today. This was uh, this was probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And um, yeah, just again, oh, he I hasn't can't finished yet. He can carry on. Oh talking. yeah, he, he, he can continue to talk. This is like what the platform's for. No, I, I'm yeah. actually good. But I will add yeah. that if you ever want to come back to either fix this one, like if you need something in the next day or two, emergency wise, let me know. Yeah, so. And get with Ian. And also, um, if you ever need something from the future, you're a decent chap. I would. Uh, I normally refuse interviews. I'm only doing uh, only the interviews that come through Ian and the movie company right now. But. Uh, I would uh, definitely probably uh, sit down with you again and talk. So, Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed part two featuring Commander X. Oh, this was such an awesome episode. And I thank Ian and X so much for their time. Uh, Yeah, this was a classic. And like I mentioned, there's a little extra bonus material. If you want to check out the raw Zoom call on our Patreon, Um, even we spoke after this. And there could be a part three, and me and X have been in contact, so uh, let me know if that is something you are interested in, and we'll make it happen, guys. But speaking of the Patreon, I gotta give all you legends a big thank you. First off to the co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkins Design, and all the rest of you, Ola Mazuka of Sonic Fold, Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio, Pat Maloney, Ryan Campbell, Daniel's son, Devin Staple, Drew Stewart, Mike Ulio, Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. She's on the next episode. And last but not least, Francis Copper, a.k.a. my mom. Thanks again. If you want to support, patreon.com slash the creative imbalance. And follow us on everything. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, all that. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Well...